0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 767, air date September 9th, 2020. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayyadurai. Good evening. It's been a long time. We are starting the next phase of our campaign uh, for Truth, Freedom and Health, as well as Shiva for Senate. But today, I'm going to really start a series a a series uh, of discussions on election fraud you know over the last probably five days uh it's been deeply educational for me to really understand what took place in massachusetts given all the signals that we got about what was occurring the improbability of a doofus winning we went into which i'm going to talk about and what we've actually discovered what i've discovered cannot be done in one uh you know full uh session so i'm going to do it over the week so today uh, as we're waiting for people to come in we're going to give the big picture you're, you're, are you live yep so we're also going live on instagram here as people are logging in uh, i'll just give sort of describe good evening everyone uh we have jennifer helping us yeah jen maybe you can just put all the people who voted for us etc uh election fraud is a big problem we're going to talk about it look i never believed election fraud really existed uh, i couldn't really uh fathom it um, you know, a lot of people are telling me, "Hey, Dr. Shiva, you should be concerned about election fraud." And I said, "Sure, sure." And I never, uh, you know, thought the swamp would be so swampy. Okay, but the reality is, we have seen such a discrepancy between action, which is the actual activities that take place, and the result, that that gives us a very uh, opportune time to really discuss what is evidence. So, in today's talk, people are going to really. Uh, get an overview of the big picture of what's really going on nationally, as well as in Massachusetts. Then we're going to talk about what our campaign did, what the um, the, the opposition, I don't even refer to it as, as an opposition. I refer to it as the accurate term doofus. Okay? And I refer to that because this doofus was selected by the governor of Massachusetts, Charlie Baker, to make sure that he could keep his Democrat friends in power. And that dynamic is what we need to understand. One of the most important things we're going to learn out of this campaign is there is no left and right. All this Republican Democrat nonsense that we've all been manipulated to believe has nothing to do with reality because what's actually happening is working people are being destroyed and we as working people need to unite beyond black and white and beyond left and right. That's the core message of our movement for truth, freedom, and health. Anything uh, less than that, anything you compromise less than that is falling into a trap of the quote-unquote, the separation of black and white, left and right, quote-unquote, Republican and Democrat. And that's what we need to all walk away with because there's all of us as working people actually want the same thing. And the sooner we get this, the sooner we're going to have liberation and the sooner, and, and we better get it quick because I'm going to share with you from a big picture standpoint where this is all going as I talk today. Um, and I think it'll be very important for everyone to understand the importance of working people uniting beyond black and white, beyond left and right, for truth, freedom, and health. Our movement for truth, freedom, and health is now going to go into a very different mode. It's going to go, it's going to escalate, and it's going to demand all of you start becoming real participants. I appreciate everyone who voted for us. There's a lot of you volunteered for us, but we're at a very critical time in in history because we need active citizens. We need enlightened citizens to start participating, not be, you know, people go to an arena and watch the games, you know, watch whatever the Hunger Games actually jump in and actually start working. So that's one of the most important things I hope people understand. And in this context, as I mentioned, today will be part one. Tomorrow, I'm going to get into technicalities, really explaining software. As many of you know, not only do I have a PhD in biological engineering, but I've been building software all my life. You know, I, it's just sort of the skill that I have. And what I discovered out of this entire exercise i want to thank people like beth harris people like benny smith people like john brakey and a lot of the people have been exploring this for many years most of these people have been um, frankly kept suppressed by the mainstream media um, i'm going to leverage a lot of the fact the credibility that i uh, bring the the uh, the access that i have to really bring this as a very big issue and i believe this issue is bigger than forced vaccination it's bigger than what i've been discussing about the violation of our immune system, they're big issues. But this notion of the fact that we actually do not really have freedom, we actually do not have a democratic process, uh, we actually are slaves. And the sooner we understand that we're actually slaves, that it's all an illusion that we have democracy, the sooner we're going to break our chains. And that's what this talk is really going to focus on. But I want to invite all of you to really um, step back and recognize that you have a huge opportunity to participate in this movement for Truth, Freedom and Health, which is manifesting itself in the election that we're running. We're not gonna uh, stop. You know, we, we don't see this as a loss. We see it if any many ways as a victory because so many of our volunteers, so many of you are becoming educated and enlightened. We, this movement is creating, you know, revolutionaries, frankly. People are understanding the not so obvious establishment. People are understanding the dynamics. And in the next series today, everyone is going to understand how screwed we are with the fact that the entire voting process is completely fraudulent. The whole voting system, particularly the American voting system, is designed for fraud. It's designed for fraud. And the improbability of events gives us a a signal into the swamp. And then what I'm going to share with you over today and tomorrow and the next few days is going to give you so much information And knowledge to really disintegrate any illusion that you had within yourself that we live in a democratic system. Okay. Um, So uh, before I go into that, everyone should know that, you know, we do have our website Shiva for Senate, the donation part of it will be launching tomorrow. But what I want to share with everyone is when I bring up the website, just to be, you know, I'd like to start with this and I want to Uh, and i'll I'll end with this later on but one of the things that everyone needs to understand is we are running for u.s senate and we are running in the november 3rd general elections we're not going to be running it uh with any party we're going to be running as a write-in candidate because what we realize is if you're a democrat or republican or independent anyone can vote for me but you have to write my name in. and we're going to be talking about that over the next few days but we are running right here as a write-in candidate any one of you out there who is in massachusetts right now you can literally go right here, say, I vote for Dr. Shiva shivaforsenate.com slash vote and pledge right now to vote for us. Put in your mobile phone number because we're going to start using SMS to communicate. But please go right here to shivaforsenate.com slash vote and make sure you pledge to vote for us. And anyone you know in Massachusetts, get them to start the pledge. Okay. So we're going to start that process right away. Those of you who want to help us Um, Beyond that, you can go right here, sign up as a volunteer. The website will be changing a little bit shortly. You'll you'll see starting tomorrow. But you you should go volunteer on the website um, and support the campaign. We have volunteers across Massachusetts, but we're going to do this door-to-door, hyper-local, on the ground. That's how we're going to win and destroy both of these uh, parties who really don't stand for Republican or Democrat. They're basically machines that don't give a damn about you. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. But the bottom line is we are running, the election's moving forward. It will be me against two doofus lawyers. The the Charlie Baker, who's a quote-unquote Republican governor, found a doofus who did no campaigning, no organization, basically to make sure that the Democrat, Ed Markey, could win. Because he didn't want someone like me going after him. And you're gonna realize this, and I think many of you already know this, okay? Um, So let me begin by, I I have a presentation i put together uh, for everyone. I'm going to start this up. Those of you on Instagram, um, either uh, Dylan can come up here when I'm sharing these pictures. You can share it with them, Dylan, or people on Instagram can actually go to YouTube or they can go to Facebook or they can go to Twitter and see it. So what I want to start with you, this is part one. I call it the big picture election fraud, Massachusetts, 2020. So we're gonna really give the big picture of what's going on. So, you know, as an educator, I always like to put stuff in context from the system's perspective, because if you don't learn it in context, it's easy to get lost and not see the forest from the tree. So that's that's what we wanna focus on. Let's look at the big picture here. So what's actually going on? Well, here's a big picture. Truth, freedom, and health are being violated. And that's what's actually happening. You know, we have big academia, uh, which violates science. They basically put out fake science. We have freedom being violated by big tech, which censors us. We have health being violated by the big pharma companies. And the focus of our campaign, as many of you know, was a direct attack on all of them. We were going after big academia, we're going after big tech, and we're going after uh, big health, right? Big pharma. So truth, freedom and health is, is the opposition. Now, obviously the establishment Given the enormous movement we started to build, I mean, not only in Massachusetts nationally, this is a serious, serious problem for them. They do not want people like us winning because this is going to throw a massive wrench into their plans, particularly in Massachusetts. So I think the most important thing to take away when, when you see the slide is that truth, freedom and health are being violated. And who are the victims of this? And I want to really, again, step back at the big picture. The real victims of this are working people are the victims of this attack. Those of us who get up in the morning, have a skill, if you're a, a mother, you have to take care of kids, um, your house mom, anyone who works for a living is basically the victim of this attack of the violation of truth, freedom, and health. And to get put this in context, I wanna share with you some numbers. 52% of kids today live with their parents. Now, why is this important? 52% of kids live with their parents. Well, this research report just came out September 4th, literally four days ago from the Pew Research Center, it says a majority of young adults in the United States live with their parents for the first time since the Great Depression. Okay, so just, just let that sink in. So the majority of young adults in the United States live with their parents um, uh, for the first time since their uh, since the Great Depression, okay? This is a very, very important fact. Again, the big picture: what's actually going on in this country? So this is where we're actually at. Forget all the hype of the stock market. This is what's going on. And let, I want to share with you this graph. What you see, see here in this graph, again, just came out four days ago, um, is share of young adults living with parents rises to level not seen within the Great Depression. So what do you see here? Forty-eight percent was what the number was, 18 to 29-year-olds living with their parents. That was in 1930s, 1940s. What do we have today, okay? We, we literally have 52% as of July 2020, probably higher, that's three months ago. 52% of kid, of young adults between the ages of 18 to 29, which is a marker of the actual economy are living with their parents. And, and that's higher than what was uh, before the Great Depression, at at the time of the Great Depression, which is between 43 to 48%. That's a very, very important takeaway. This is even more interesting. You start looking at the age groups, and what you see here is nearly 71%, okay? You can see here in the 18 to 24, and 28% during, uh, in the age group of 25 to 29. And then if you go down to the Hispanic population, it's around 58%, and you can see along here, the point chain, so we've had an 8% increase In 18 to 24, which means it was at 63%, now it's at 71%. But the average between 18 to 24-year-old is 52%. And you can look at the ethnic disparities. Uh, uh, Hispanics are a little bit higher, but but men are a little bit higher than women. Men are at 58%, women are at 49%. In the metropolitan areas, it's 52%, 49% in the rural areas, 57% in the Northeast and 48% in the Midwest and 52% 52 in the South and the West. But bottom line is people have not seen the age groups of 18 to 24 at this levels until the Great Depression. So that's a big picture here. Um, And by the way, you you won't see this, maybe some of it's mentioned on mainstream media, but this is something that's been happening uh, in the United States from an economic standpoint. The second statistic, the second big picture thing we want to talk about is again the victims of the attack on truth, freedom, and health are not only young people who are trying to work, 18 to 24 year olds, but also the middle class are being squeezed. And this is a present from a presentation I did before. What you see here is in 1971. Okay, 80 80 million people. Okay, were uh, in the middle class, and the 51 million were separated. You know, as follows, right? A little bit in the upper and lower. Well in 2015, what do you see? 120 million people are in the middle class. It's 50-50 now. Majority of people were the middle class in 1971. You can see oh more than a majority, 80 out of a 80 million out of 130 million. But today we have nearly in 2015, 120 million. It's almost equal. And where this is headed towards is the long-range projections are the middle class is going to be squeezed. A lot of people are going to become in the lower class. And the upper class is, in fact, in fact be even more uh, reduced, the 0.001%. So who's in the middle class? Well, the middle class are independent thinkers like us, entrepreneurs, small business owners, skilled workers. And who's the lower class becoming? Well, they're becoming the people on food stamps, welfare. They're basically becoming state-owned. With this COVID crisis right now, what has happened? People are actually staying home and getting money to stay home. We're actually creating the lower class, we're creating slaves. And if you look globally, what's going on, and I want everyone to really think about it, what's happening globally is that the elites are using robots and productivity to increase their wealth. More productivity is being done by robots. So the elites are looking around and they're saying, why do we need human beings? And I want you to really think about this. Why do we need to manage carbon-based beings when we could move everything to silicon-based beings? Why do we need to even have protesters? Why do we even need to have people who don't like forced vaccinations? Why do we need these human beings? And this is not anything conspiratorial. Look, anyone who's run a business, you have your income statement, which is the amount of revenue you get in, you have your expenses, and then you have your profit. We working people are an expense to to the bourgeoisie, okay, to the bourgeois, to the elites, okay? They do not, the bougies, they do not see us as something that's benefiting them if our costs are too high. So all those people out there, I would argue that we're a big expense item for them. From their standpoint, why do we need this bulk of humanity? Why do we need all these people? And you have to really consider this. Why do we need all these human beings? Okay. So the squeezing of the middle class, as we're seeing in this diagram right here, is very well organized and moving people to become state-owned properties and then you can eliminate them. And that's where, in my opinion, that's where this is headed. This is the big picture again. You want to enslave people at the deepest level. So just think about it again. If the Bill Gates's and the Mark Zuckerberg's and the Hillary Clinton's can buy, by the way, they're buying, you know, all these foundations are buying lots and lots of land in Africa. It's a new frontier. And their goal is to go colonize Africa for themselves and essentially make parks of the rest of the world. And in my view, when you look at it, this squeezing is taking place because they don't need so many human beings. So this is really comes down to our working people are going to unite. And 2020 is a very important point for people to wake up. They don't need you. They don't want you. They don't want us. And I hope that's sinking in. And that's why the election fraud and the forced vaccinations and the censorship and the police state nature where we're becoming is a very real phenomenon. So let me go back to the slides. Here. So that's another big picture. The other thing is we need to move beyond black and white. This is not just for blacks, but it's black and white. And what we have in, in a in a very ra- in, in an elitist, racist place like Massachusetts, which which supports racism. You have on the one hand, the white talk show hosts like Howie Carr, Jeff Cooner, and these people who take advantage of the poor white working class. And on the other side, you have the Al Sharptons who take advantage of the black working class. So you have blacks and whites always fighting and never unity. So what's the current narrative? Okay, black lives matter. If you put a black lives matter sign, you must be supporting the blacks. And over here, if you're for not defunding the police, you're for the whites. And they create this dialectic when the truth is people and police need to be united. They don't want to talk about that. One is don't defund the police and the other is support BLM. And again, they create the whites over here and the blacks here. So you must be a supporting blacks if you put a BLM sign and you must be a supporter of whites. And so the blacks can call them white supremacists and the the whites here can call, you know, the people who support blacks wanting to, you know, get a freebie. So this dialectic is, is a black, white narrative that, establishment loves they have us fighting and that's what you're seeing all on tv well the reality is for black people in boston the average net worth of a black person according to the federal reserve is eight dollars eight dollars after all the stuff that the liberal lawyers have done the marquis and the kennedys you know running massachusetts for the last 50 60 80 years the net worth of a black person is eight bucks nothing has really improved for black people since civil rights The trillions of dollars that went in has essentially enslaved black people even more. And you can see it. Blacks in Boston have a median net worth of $8. $8, which means if you look at the balance sheet of all their assets minus their liabilities, it comes to eight bucks, versus the whites have $247,000. And we're talking about the whites in Boston around the liberal elites where John Kerry lives. Now, I could just take the position of blacks, but I'm, I'm about unifying black and white. White people, poor whites, Are getting poorer and this is not talked about and and this is what the diversity numbers don't say look at this graph right here what do you see the low-income households the racial wealth gap is shrinking in 2007 the low-income household median income was forty two thousand seven hundred dollars what is it today around well this is almost four years ago it's probably gone down more it's around twenty two thousand dollars that of a black household is five thousand Uh, Hispanic households, 7,900, but 22,009. So whites have experienced nearly a 50% reduction. So you know the Al Sharptons won't bring that up and the white misleaders who mislead the white working class won't bring the other stuff up. But what you really have is poor whites (laughs) and poor blacks are really getting screwed from both sides. So now we also need to go beyond left and right when you look at the big picture. Forced vaccinations is not a left-right issue. No one wants to be forced vaccinated. At least seventy percent of Americans are against it. And the reality is, as I've spoken about over and over again, one size does not fit all. The truth is that everyone's anatomy is different. To say that everyone should get the flu vaccine—that's what they're trying to do in Massachusetts. By the way, it's only at best maybe thirty percent effective, and it causes uh, and 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 the efficacy of it and the other side effects are quite quite you know uh, unclear. And at best, one size doesn't fit all. Second thing is censorship. I don't think anyone wants to be censored left or right. We have massive censorship taking place by the five big tech companies. We have crumbling infrastructure. The United States got a D plus in infrastructure worldwide. Massachusetts got an F minus minus. Do you get it? They don't want us living well. They have their private planes. I hope this is clear, this is all organized. They want us force vaccinated, they want working people censored, and they want crumbling infrastructure. How does Massachusetts get an F minus minus in infrastructure? Just think about that. How, do, how it takes a lot of work to get an F minus minus in infrastructure. That's what we have. Crumbling infrastructure, forced vaccinations, and you put up something supporting vitamin D, like I've done, it gets removed, okay? So on. So we have these three things, which again, go beyond left and right. We have dirty air, dirty water, dirty food. The Paris Accords, which got supported by all the people believe in the quote unquote climate change, does not clean the air, clean the water, clean the food. In fact, it allows China to double their pollution, allows India to double its pollution, which means we have more dirty air, more dirty water, more dirty food. I just put out a video. People say, hey, Dr. Shiva, are you pro-life? I said, look, I'm pro-life to the power of two. Just based on the science, life does begin at conception. So anyone who thinks you're not killing something, you're lying to yourself, but it's not only a conservative phenomenon. It's not only about the life of the womb, but when the baby comes out of the womb, the problem I have with many of these conservatives is they don't, talk, many of them support Monsanto, right? They don't go and discuss what about life after the womb? So the issue is dirty air, dirty water, dirty food. If you really wanna take a comprehensive view, let's be truly pro-life and I challenge that to my conservative friends out there. Next is we have increasing homelessness. Massachusetts has an 18% increase in homelessness in the last year, the highest in the nation, and we have election fraud. Okay, that's going to be the talk of this. So these issues are not left, right issues. They're not, quote unquote, lowercase r, lowercase d, Republican, Democrat issues. So we as working people need to wake the hell up. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. It's all bullshit. You're a human being who works, who sells your labor. And you know what? People are stealing it. We're being taxed in inordinate ways. We're going to be forced vaccinated. Our content gets censored. We have crumbling infrastructure. D plus in the Western world. It's ridiculous. So when your child comes out of the womb, what food is he getting? Only wealthy people can afford organic food. That's not, that's not a left or right issue anymore. So let's talk about an election fraud. What I would like to, challenge everyone here is that election fraud is probably one of the most important issues, probably the most important because we're sitting here saying, oh, we got the Constitution. We live in America. We have democracy. What I'm about to share with you over the next few days is you actually have no democracy. You are a slave. You don't get any real votes because the entire voting system is completely open to fraud. It's totally open to fraud. And that's what we need to wake up to. And and either You're gonna leave the next few days deciding that Jesus Christ, we have to support this movement for truth, freedom and health. We have to make sure Dr. Shiva wins in Massachusetts, not to get a Senate seat, but a way of attacking and destroying the establishment which wants to destroy working people. That's the big picture. So let's continue here. So what are the facts? Let's look at the facts because look, my great grandfather who I remember really well, he felt one of the most important things that you could do that's revolutionary is educating people. So in the next few slides, we're going to take a step back and we're going to use our Senate campaign, the primary Senate campaign, as a very powerful laboratory to enlighten people on what actually took place so you can understand the level of insidiousness of the deep state. This is not conspiracy. This is actual reality, what just took place in the last Since September 1, okay, in the last week. So let's recap here. So let's look at the facts here. Here are the facts. Okay, our campaign got 20,000 plus donations from all of you, small dollar donations. And we're very grateful for it because this is your movement now. This is not me running for US Senate. I just happen to be the catalyst here. We engaged 3,000 plus volunteers. If you look at our database, all these people came out putting up lawn signs, putting up bumper stickers. We did over 500 standouts all over the state, working people. This wasn't just Bernie couch surfers. We had working people out there taking time out of the day to go to their little town centers, holding up signs, waving, engaging people. That's a lot of activity. Over 7,000 plus lawn signs got distributed. We distributed our little business cards, over 500,000 cards. Uh, People like Dylan. Dylan, where did you come from? You came from all the way, Illinois, right? right? Dylan got so excited about our campaign. He drove here and he's been helping our campaign. We spent from all the money we raised over half a million dollars, TV, radio, billboards. We were everywhere. Our bus went through at least 250 cities or more. We visited them. I was on the ground campaigning. Every one of you know, our campaign was a real campaign, is a real campaign, dynamic and vibrant. Now, Baker, Charlie Baker, who's the aristocrat, the quote unquote Republican governor who takes pictures with Elizabeth Warren, is a racist, hates me, doesn't want anyone like me. There is real racism, which we've talked about. So the mass GOP, the Massachusetts GOP establishment never did embrace someone like me. If anything, our campaign, me particularly, reflects true republicanism. Instead, what did Charlie Baker do? He went and found a complete doofus, a lawyer, a total doofus, doofus of the ultimate order. He should win the doofus of the year award. The guy can barely speak. And what did this doofus do? What was his activities in contrast to ours? This was doofus's activities. Nowhere to be seen. No campaigning, no active volunteers, no brand equity, no organization, no lawn signs and no bumper stickers. If you ask every one of the people who voted for us or even didn't vote for us, they go, I don't even know who this guy was. No one knew this guy. This was an amazing campaign because Baker wanted a doofus and they went and found a doofus. Now, yet this doofus gets 60% votes to 40% to me. I mean, he's, he must be an amazing campaigner. He must be a man for all seasons, you know, in blacks, gave him 60% in the black neighborhoods and the Hispanic neighborhoods. He got 60%, 60 to 40 in all of these. Unbelievable. And he also got 60 to 40% in Lawrence, Massachusetts. By the way, one of the most corrupt cities and with 30% unemployment. So my conclusion is, look, I do a lot of sales. I do marketing to build my businesses. The only thing I could conclude was cheating or he's a marketing genius. Because I'll tell you, in any field you do of endeavor, Randolph Hearst said a political campaign is an advertising campaign. You have to get visibility. You have to get visibility. You have to have the impressions. You have to have a great message. And if it's a great message and a great product, that should convert to sales. In this case, votes. So imagine you running a beautiful restaurant and you spend, you know, a million dollars in advertising. You have a great product. Next door to you is a doofus who has cockroaches running around, garbage food, spends no money. And you know what? He gets more sales than you. Is that possible? The only way that's possible is he's a marketing genius or the mob or someone makes sure he gets a lot of votes. Okay, someone just put, I pushed my whole family to vote. There's no way in hell he had 60%. Exactly, no one believes this. It's unbelievable, unbelievable. So either a marketing genius or the mob was behind him. That's the only conclusion we could have. If he is a marketing genius, then this fellow should be having professorships in all the major universities as a professor of marketing. Because I can tell you, I've, done, I've worked with major companies like Nike and Calvin Klein, you know, they've used my technology, brought me in as a consultant for marketing. This fool, uh, Trump supports among black voters has surged to 45%. Yes, right. So, you know, we're Trumpers. This guy said Trump was divisive. Please give me on how I can donate to Dr. Shiva's campaign. Lois, tomorrow the donation site will be open we are now getting ready for the generals. So this is what the conclusion is, okay? So now let's go into a deeper, okay? Swamp signals. Next part of this talk is I wanna talk about signals that we were seeing from the swamp. First of all, you know, you never believe this stuff because I believe I was brought up, you work hard and you win, okay? And let me tell you, by 5 p.m., I knew with all the work we had done, we were gonna win on a landslide. The word landslide is what we heard over and over and over again. We worked our butts off. We never saw this guy anywhere. So we knew we had won big, particularly because we had gotten our pledges, we did the math. And those of you who don't know me, you know I've won pretty much every math award growing up. You know I'm very good at math, very good at prediction, very good at stats, analytics. We knew that we had won this on a landslide. So when we saw those numbers come in 60, 40, On all those states, we knew that something seriously was wrong. So let me give you some of the swamp signals that will start entertaining you to what was going on. So here are the trends and observations. Now, in the twenty eighteen Republican primary. So go back two years ago, two hundred sixty one thousand people voted. That's the first bullet. Okay, so let that absorb in two hundred sixty one thousand people voted. In all the states, state by state by state, you look across the United States, wherever there were mail in ballots, more people participated, right? Makes sense. Logical sense. In fact, the numbers show 25% increase in voters, okay? With mail-in ballots. So therefore, in basic conservative projections, we had projected 325,000 people would vote in the Republican primary. Again, let me say in 2018, 261,000 people voted in the Republican primary. Now we have mail-in ballots. Remember, they mailed out... To everyone, 4.7 million people got applications, 1 million, at least 1 million mail-in ballots requests went out. I mean, not requests went out. So we had projected, you know, a moderately a 25% increase. Some, some states at 30 or 40, we said 25. And this is the comments we we're hearing on the ground landslide for Shiva for Senate. And what we we're hearing for the doofus was never heard of this guy consistently over and over and over again. So, Everyone get that clear. Never heard of this guy? Landslide. I mean, you don't get this much. Uh, I mean, we were doing internal polls. Our polls said even among the Trumpers, we were going to get 60 to uh, 70 percent votes. He was going to get at most 18 and about uh, 20 percent of people undecided. And we have all this polling data that we have in a very large sample. So. um, So these were the swamp signals. Now I'm going to give you some more here is. The secretary of the Massachusetts, uh, Secretary of State, Bill Galvin, considered to be one of the most corrupt people in Massachusetts, like Fauci. This guy's been in there for 40 years. Um, In the Patriot Ledger, the the evening before the election, September 1, look what Galvin says. Look what, what he says. This is in the Patriot Ledger. He says Massachusetts primary turnout could be highest in 20 years. Highest in 20 years. Well, if the Republican primary in 2018 was 261, what does higher mean? Well, you would think it would be higher than 261. Right, Dylan? Right. Higher than 261. OK. And there's and, and he's saying this. So on August 30th 2020, this comes out. But look at what actually Galvin says in the article. He says as of Monday morning, more than 768,000 Democrat ballots, mail-in ballots had been received as of the night of August 31st the evening, and more than 88,000 Republican ballots had been cast, Galvin said. So on August 31, remember the primary September 1st, Galvin is telling us that 768,000 Democrat ballots were cast and only 88,000 Republican ballots. So when I saw this, I called an emergency meeting about, about our whole campaign management team. I said, This doesn't sound right. This sounds ridiculous. It can't be 10 to 1. Just look at those numbers. So that means as of August 31st, Galvin, again, one of the most corrupt guys, secretary of state, had said 768,000 mail in ballots had come in for Democrats and only 88,000, so almost nine to one, ten to one. OK. And then he further goes on and says Galvin projected another 250,000 Democrat voters, which means would come in. So what he's saying is 768,000 had mailed in for Democrats. And a quarter of a million people would come to vote physically. And he only said 50,000 Republican voters would come in. 50,000 plus 80 it would be about 138. So he's saying for a total turnout of 1.2 million on the Democrat side and only 150,000 for the GOP side. Do you understand how bullshit this all sounds? The headline says the highest voter turnout. We know in 2018, there were 261, and he's projecting 100,000 less for Republicans. But in 2018, about um, 830, about 600,000 people, even though Elizabeth Warren was the only one, came. So you have doubling of the number of Democrats, but you have halving of the number of Republicans voting. This makes no sense. So when I saw this, I said something is up. We're already 100,000 off, like 100,000 ballots have been thrown away, okay? So there you go, okay? So here were Galvin's projections in summary. So I want everyone to get this. Here you have the Secretary of State. Remember, someone famous, I don't know who it is, said, someone said, not famous, that the election is not who votes but who counts the votes, okay? Galvin counts the votes. And Charlie Baker and Galvin are like this. They count the votes together. Okay, so what do you see here? Here's a summary. Galvin is projecting again to summary. He's only projecting one hundred and fifty thousand Republicans are going to vote with 88 being mail in, which means he's saying only about seventy thousand people are going to come in and vote face to face. And he's saying two hundred fifty thousand. He's saying five times more Democrats are going to physically come in. Now, our projections were three hundred twenty five thousand based on very, very conservative estimates. It's higher than twenty eighteen and because of the lift for mail-in. Now the actuals were 259.5 Republicans voted, less than 2018. Does any of this make sense? Does any of this make sense? It doesn't make any common sense. You're supposed to have the highest voter. We have less people actually coming in when the end of the day, it was 100,000 less than what Galvin predicted. Very interesting number, 100,000 less, okay? So all of this wasn't making any sense. Now. Since the voting took place, voila, they are missing 3000 ballots in one town, which they just found. Now they're counting them. And this came out from one of the one of the uh, counselors. She's saying there may even be more uncounted ballots in communities across the district. And that's deeply concerning for our democracy and our shared commitment to getting this election right. Mayor Mel said during a press conference at Newton City Hall, there's so in one town, 3000 ballots were just found mysteriously. In another town, 750, in another town, 100. Okay. And the Franklin is still to be voted. Now, I'm projecting about 1,000 ballots were destroyed. That's my number. Okay. But just Massachusetts, by the way, has nearly 400 towns. Well, 3,000 in one town multiplied by 400, you start getting, you know, pretty big numbers up there. Okay. Even take 100. But this is just coming out now. So when you look at the summary, 50,000, 100,000 ballots just by basic projections are missing. The mail-in ballots of of 3,000 in just one town were just found in Franklin. And Galvin's projections were 100,000 off for Republicans. So by the way, many people say Galvin is a wizard. He's a wizard of projections. That's what is known in Massachusetts. Well, his error is 75% error, 75% error. That means you got an F minus. That means you only got 25% right. Okay, but his error on the Democrat side is only 10 percent. So he's basically 750 percent higher in error than the Democrat side. Now, in 2018, again, Republicans votes were near equal to the 2020. So you have the same number of votes. In fact, it's less. It's about eleven hundred votes less. Meanwhile, this was supposed to be the biggest voting time in 20 years and 60 to 40 percent in the black, white, and Hispanic neighborhoods across the board went to a doofus with zero campaigning. Does this make any sense? I wanna see people's comments. Does this make any sense to anyone? Anyone with any common sense, anyone with any marketing experience, with all the effort we did, with all the ground game, with all the lawn signs. Again, I didn't see one lawn sign of this guy, not one bumper sticker. Does this make any sense to anyone? Jen, I don't know if people have any comments out there. Does this make any sense? They lied. Exactly. Galvin sounds as accurate as Fauci. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. Okay. None of this makes sense. Okay. None of it makes sense. Brandon C. Um, and by the way, Brandon, I, it's very interesting you're here. I have a comment for me, which I want to share. I didn't, I don't know who you are, Brandon, but um, I'm glad you came here. But Brandon put something up on our Facebook post, okay, or YouTube, this is what he said. Look at, this is an analysis by an independent citizen. Now, remember, there is a very low IQ fool who I was very kind and went on his show. And this is what Brandon was commenting. He said, everyone is afraid of mail-in voting, yet it's completely overlooked here. He, Brandon was referring to this idiot's uh, interview I gave. And he goes, uh, and he goes, it gets tiresome for Shiva when he talks to people who are continuously trying to defend shysty people and criminals. If you follow Shiva, you'd understand The idiot interviewer looks at the voting numbers and just from that can't figure out how questionable the voting was. And this is what Brandon says. Mail-in ballots have been adding 25 to 35 percent state to state. So we took the lower end of that 25 percent. That's why you predict three hundred twenty five thousand people to vote. And then Brandon goes on to say Massachusetts had one hundred percent more votes. And this is what you got to understand. We had eight hundred fifty thousand total for the twenty eighteen primary. So if you look at the Republicans. And the Democrats in 2018, about 600,000 people voted in the Democrat primaries, 250,000 in the in the in the 2018 Republicans. So what's 250 plus 600? 850. Okay. And in the 2020 primaries, you had nearly 1.7 million, and 100 of those went all to the Democrats. So you're attributing the entire 100 percent increase only to the Democrats. Doesn't make any sense. These, these were less total votes of the Republican primary this year, over 260K in 2018 and less than 260K in 2020. This is the point that I was making. That alone is questionable enough. That distribution makes no sense. Shiva had 100,000 votes. I got 100,000 votes in 2018 as an independent, by the way. And pretty much the exact same number of votes running as a Republican. That time, you know, my visibility was maybe half, you know, on a good day. His following was larger than than ever this time around. Makes no sense. Doofus admitted Shiva had outraced his campaign fund six to one. Talk about visibility. If you can do the math and can problem solve, then you'll understand. If not, subscribe to this fool. He was referring to the fool that I gave my time to. Okay, actually, I didn't put this up here. Right here. Here's Brandon's point. Brandon's point is very common sense. I had more visibility, probably 10 times more than two years. I got the same number of votes. How can that be? It doesn't make any sense. No one should spend money on TV. Then no one should spend money on radio. No one should spend money on billboards. None of that. So this is the smoke signals what I call the swamp signals of something. Total bullshit took place. Okay, total bullshit. So again, in summary, what you have is you have all these very important signals swamp signals. So I had 10 times more visibility and yet I got the same number of votes from 2018 hundred K makes no sense. Okay, so what's, so now let's talk about, let's talk about how we connect the dots here. Okay, how can we make sense of this? Okay, how do we make sense of this? Well, foolish people say you need to show me the evidence. Well, good question. Let's talk about what is evidence? What is the definition of evidence? And here is where I want to educate people. So everyone here, this is a very very it's not an esoteric answer, but I'm going to give you a very precise definition of evidence. And all of you listening, we have about 1200 people. There. I don't know how many people out there. Um, how many people have live there? So we have about, you know, we have about uh, you know, 12-1300 uh, people here. I want all of you to really understand what is evidence. What is evidence? What is evidence? What is the definition of evidence? Well, let me give you the scientific definition, the scientific definition of evidence. It's going to seem initially a little bit hard to understand, but I'm going to decipher decipher for you. It's unambiguous predictions, unambiguous predictions, unambiguous predictions. So what does that mean? What does unambiguous predictions mean? Why am I saying that is a definition of evidence? And by the way, this definition is not my definition. It comes from one of the uh, world's leading. Uh, mathematicians and applied mathematicians and theorists in modeling. And um, is Dick Lindzen, Dick Lindzen was one of the youngest guys accepted to the National Academy of Engineering. It's, it's no small feat. The de- definition of evidence is unambiguous predictions. What does that mean? OK, let me tell you what that means. What in science we come up with predictions, right? Those predictions are based on observation of nature. And then we come up with models, mathematical models that predict the future, right? Or predict the potential activity of some input leading to some output. Let me give you an example. You take a cannonball, you put it at a certain degree and you fire it. You can exactly predict using Newton's equation exactly where that will land, okay? Taking into account, we have amazing predictions. So unambiguously, We know what the input is, the size of the cannonball, the input, the angle of that, um, uh, you know, the firing mechanism, the weight of it, how much fuel. You can predict exactly where it lands. That's called evidence, right? That means you can unambiguously predict something. Take something called voting now, Okay, You have some input coming in to a machine called the voting system. Inputs are coming in. And what are we seeing at voting day? What are all what did all of us see, you know, at 8 p.m. on September 1? We're watching a screen on CNN or NBC or Fox News and we're seeing numbers. Okay, starting we're seeing the trajectory, the prediction of that election. Shiva X, doofus Y. Sometime later, Shiva X plus Y or whatever, doofus some number. Okay, we're seeing the trajectory no different than a, a cannonball flying through the air. The numbers that we're seeing are, is a prediction of where that election will end up. Now, if it's unambiguous prediction, that's called evidence, which means we can say, Oh, as of 12 midnight, we have evidence that Doofus beat Shiva. Okay. Which means we have unambiguously predicted the end result. Okay. So I hope that's clear. So evidence is where you can unambiguously predict. the end state based on watching the input and watch, knowing the input and watching the output going through some system. So in a simple way of looking at it is this. okay? so I'm going to talk now about the system of fraud and we're going to get more into it. We're not going to be able to cover all of it by tomorrow, but here's an input. Here's a device and you get an output. Okay. so this let me make it a little bit bigger. So what you're seeing here is you have an input. You have some type of system and you get an output and you could apply this to anything. You have an input going into your computer. One plus one, you get two. Well, that's an unambiguous prediction using math. Two plus two, you're going to get four. Now, let's say sometimes you ended up getting not four three point nine. And other times you ended up getting four point one. Well, you would say, wait a minute. I can't trust the system, right? That's not a unambiguous prediction. I don't have evidence of exactly what two plus two gives me. Sometimes it's giving me 4.1 and other times it's giving me 3.9. So that's not evidence of, that's not evidence because evidence is unambiguous prediction. So in order for you to know the input and get the output, um, this is key and knowing that the system you're putting it into that if you're trying to predict the output that it has the following features. So let's go look at that, okay? So in the case of the input voting, there is no voter ID, the input. We don't know who actually voted. There is no authentication. You don't get a receipt when you vote. I mean, I never, by the way, in full disclosure, I never voted in my life. I never liked the system. I never liked these politicians. The first time I voted was for Donald Trump because I saw him as a great disruptor. I remember going into vote in the Belmont election office and I said, I have my ID, I brought my passport." They said, we don't need that. They just said, "What's your name?" That's it. I didn't even have to prove my name. Nothing. They just said, "What's your name? And what's your address?" So I want to <coughs> ask everyone on the phone uh, on the on the live today. Given that there's no voter ID, no authentication, you don't even get a receipt. Can anyone here who did vote or does vote? Can any one of you prove to me that you actually went somewhere and voted? Can you definitively prove that to me, unambiguously? Frankly, I can just tell you I voted. I don't have a receipt. They crossed my name off. It could have been anyone. They didn't take a picture of my voting. There is no authentication. It's completely ambiguous whether I voted. So the evidence coming in is ambiguous. And this is something we all need to understand from a sign. This would be no different than if I'm doing a scientific experiment and I'm putting input into something and I don't record it anywhere and I just say, oh, yeah, I put that input in and I got this output out that those papers would get retracted in science. But the bottom line is, when you look at this reality. No, one, you cannot prove to me that you, in fact, are voting anywhere. <laughs> this is quite remarkable when you really step back and look at this, the voting system is created to have no evidence of you ever having voted. It's totally ambiguous. That's on the input side. Okay, there is no evidence that you voted. You can't prove to me that you voted. Now, in other voting systems, when you, when you go to India, they take your thumbprint. They ask for your ID. They know you voted. And in some cases, they give you a receipt. The United States voting system has no voter ID, no authentication, no receipt. None of you, whenever you vote, can even prove that you voted. There's no authentication, which means two way proof. Number one. Now let's go to the output side, okay? So output, If so let, let's take a case. If the input is 10 votes for A, 20 votes for B, the output then should give 10 votes for A, 20 votes for B, right? Goes in, the, now, provided the system cannot change the output. If that is possible, then there is ambiguity. And where there is ambiguity, there's no evidence. So evidence is not evidence as it is ambiguous. So if that voting system can have ambiguous input coming in, but let's give it that they had 10 votes and 20 votes for A and B. But let's say when it comes out of that system that you're getting a different number. Let's say this system can actually alter the 10 maybe to 50 and take the 20 and bring it down at 10. Suppose the system had capabilities to do that. So this is what I'm pr- proposing to you because this will set us up for tomorrow's discussion. What I'm proposing to you is 10 votes come in for A, 20 votes come in for B. But suppose that voting system within that software has the capabilities maybe to take the 10 votes for A and multiply it by two and take the 20 votes for B and have it. Suppose that system had that capability. What would you say? What would you anyone say? What would anyone say? You would say it's not evidence of anything took place you have no evidence that those numbers that you're seeing on the screen at 8 p.m 9 p.m at night are even real and what i'm going to share with you today is because of the wonderful contacts that i've had with a woman called bev harris and benny smith and john brakey they you know they've been putting this out there but they said shiva you have such a bigger reach you have all the credentials to really bring this out that i'm going to share with you not today but tomorrow i want to just give you the preview that the work of these people, and I went into it independently, we have found the fact that that system, those voting systems can in fact do that. Okay. They have a feature embedded into the system that can change the votes. It's embedded in there. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow, but at a high level, what I wanted to share with you is that the device can produce evidence, which is ambiguous. Therefore, any evidence therefore we have no evidence of what these numbers are because the system can alter them so as i mentioned the input so so what you have here is most of the systems that are out in the market today that do electronic voting are the pre are, are originate from the gems system of the Bold company Bold election systems and these systems what they do is they have an election data management system by county by data They bring in the data and then they report the election results. We're going to go into this deeper tomorrow, but just to give you a preview of software, I want to educate all of you. You I've been building software all my life. Most software has three subsystems, no different than your home. Three subsystems. You have the foundation layer. You have what's called the plumbing and the electricity, which goes through your walls. And then you have the front end presentation layer, which is the interior design. So if you go into someone's home, the furniture and the paints, how, what color, that colors they chose as the interior design. And then if you rip open the walls, you see the plumbing and electricity, and then you go down to their foundation. Well, software is no different. In the software world, we call it the presentation layer. The presentation layer is a user interface. You know, the you could use the iPhone or the Android. Well, the look and the feel is a presentation layer, okay? If you open, you know, Microsoft Word versus Google Docs, you know, they look a little different. That's the presentation layer commonly known as a user interface. There are people who are user interface programmers, you know, but user interface is what you see. That's called the presentation layer. The second layer is called the business logic layer. So if you're on some piece of software and you hit a button, you know, like submit, well, that calls down into the business logic layer and that will take your data and will put it into the third layer called the data layer. Okay, so if you want to think about it, your, your front end could be like a reporting layer And your back end is literally your database layer. Okay. So this is a foundation of any software system on the planet. You can get a little more sophisticated, but you typically have your presentation layer, you have your business layer, and then you have your foundation layer. So whenever, you know, I've led many, many software teams of thousands of people, right? We have one team of people who are great UI designers. They're the guys who know how to do graphics, make the user interface look great and pleasing. That's the presentation layer. Then you have the people doing your actual application programming, make sure that when the UI does stuff, it's fast. And then you have your database guys. All right. Well, the database layer is where all the data is stored in these election systems. When you vote your data goes through the presentation layer, through the business layer, and it goes into the database. The database is where the data is stored. So every time someone votes for me, there's a, there's a field in the database that gets updated. Another vote for Shiva, another vote for Shiva, another vote for Shiva. And let's say for Doofus, another vote for Doofus, another vote for Doofus, and so on. The data is stored in the database layer. And then all of this to the poll workers, the data is presented at the presentation layer. So CNN or Fox News is getting access to the presentation layer, but the data is in the database layer. What, what I will share with you coming up is that, what we'll, what we'll find out shortly, tomorrow, I'm going to go over this, is that the database layer where the votes are stored, let's say for me and Doofus, that those vote counts, there are features that were embedded into the software system to alter those vote counts. Okay? To alter those vote counts by fractional amounts. That my vote can be weighted, can be multiplied by a factor. So, and this was a feature that was built into these systems. And no one knows why, except that it was built for certain types of voting scenarios, which I'll talk about, for homeowners association. But those features should never have been left in into the US electoral systems. So, this is called fractional voting, which Bev Harris and Benny Smith brought out. And I'm gonna, you know, bring it out more tomorrow. But the bottom line is that they have a voting system where the numbers in the database are not whole numbers it's not shiva got one vote or 10 votes shiva could get 10 votes times a factor like 10 times 0.5 okay or the other person can multiply the votes the bottom line is that in 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 sort of the as a prelude to tomorrow this system the divisor system you can alter the vote so look at the problem we have the input is screwed up they don't even you don't even know it's you so that's ambiguous and the output can also be manipulated and this by the way is in all voting system it is in all electronic voting systems the fact that that feature is in there means that there is no evidence of any type of loss or win there and this is why we are slaves we don't really have a voting system we have total fraud end to end and the incredible campaign we ran can overnight be manipulated to be sixty forty, OK? So for example, I know for a fact, through all of our projections, there should have been 320,000 votes. And you can interpolate it in so many different ways. And our data showed that we got 200,000 votes, and Doofus at best got 100,000. Well, if you look at those numbers, it's very interesting. It looks like my numbers were halved from 200,000 to 100. And Doofus's number was were increased by 50%, 50%. and another 100,000 votes just disappeared, okay, which were the mail-in ballots, which doesn't make any sense, even according to Gavin's own thing. So when you use pure logic, you just come to this conclusion, 100,000 votes are missing, and doofus for doing nothing got 150,000 to mine 100. And you'll also find something interesting tomorrow, that it's fascinating. 60, 40, 60, 40, 60, 40. He got 60%, 40% in black neighborhoods, 60%, 40% in Hispanic neighborhoods and 60%, 40% in all white neighborhoods. Unbelievable, this guy's a man for all seasons. It doesn't add up, but what does add up is the fact that the inputs are not evidence and that the outputs can be manipulated. So we're not dealing with evidence and it's not for me to prove. That's what I've come to the conclusion. Oh, you need, no, I don't need to prove the election systems need to prove that they actually have unambiguous predictions, which they don't. And we have just filed a letter, I don't have it here, demanding that we get all the ballot images because in all the electronic voting systems, they must, they store images. However, if they did a manipulation, another very interesting feature of these systems, they delete the images. That's a feature of the system. So let me repeat that again. If they turned on this manipulation feature, which I'll talk about tomorrow, the images get deleted. So we are demanding from the secretary of state, Gavin, and the governor of Massachusetts, all the ballot images, which we have every right to receive. And the log files, the log files of the software. That's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. And let me end with this last slide to let everyone know what what is actually going on here, Okay. In conclusion, what we're going to realize is for us working people, the U.S. voting systems are made. They are designed for election fraud. And I'll go into this deeper tomorrow. I'll go into the technical features. I'll show you the manuals. I'll show you the feature. Maybe we'll even try to have Benny Smith on. There is no evidence of your vote. You have no evidence you voted. It's unfreaking believable in America. And the voting systems have that embedded feature to half my vote and double others' votes. Number one, so you are basically have no democracy. And in fact, what's happened is only two or three companies own these voting systems. Second, forced vaccination is on its way. So they have vaccinated our voting system, so they're immune to attack from people like me who actually win. So they have their own antibody mechanism. Second, they're about to force vaccinate all of us. Three, the Massachusetts infrastructure, is an F minus minus, which means bridges, roads, everything is crumbling. Massachusetts has the highest homelessness increase. And for that matter, homelessness is increasing throughout the United States. Massachusetts has the highest unemployment rate. And racism is the order of the day. They're pitting black against white. Look, I've talked to a lot of police. Police and people are united. Police don't, you know, police and black people have the same enemy. Police and white people have the same enemy. It's the establishment. So I want to leave you with that. So what should we do? We need to rise up. And this is what this campaign is about. We need to rise up. Working people need to unite. We need to go beyond this black, white, black and white nonsense. We need to go beyond left and right. Because they control our votes. When a sincere movement comes up like ours, they squash it by playing with their numbers. I'll show you tomorrow. And they can do this in seconds, in microseconds. They can manipulate elections. And they basically assume all of us are going to be dumb and no one's going to question but they have a problem you have a guy who's been programming since he was 14 years old who understands software has built software companies i'm going to expose the shit out of these guys and that's what we need to do we need to destroy these guys because they want to separate us into black and white left and right but the realities we have election fraud taking place every day every moment and they can turn it on whenever they need we're going to be forced vaccinated as i said unemployment, homelessness, it's all an attack against working people. We must unite for truth, freedom, and health. And so what can you do? Well, you can. everyone here can start taking action. Our movement in Massachusetts is is basically inspiring a global movement. What we're seeing right now in Massachusetts, nothing has changed. It's an MIT PhD who busted his buns to get here, just like all of you, a problem solver versus two doofus lawyers. We are gonna be running our write-in campaign, as I mentioned. We're going right in. Write-in means anyone can write my name in on the ballot and check it off. And guess what? Every write-in vote gets hand, hand, hand read, which means they don't go through the machines. And all of you here can sign up to be a volunteer. That's what I want you to do. If you're outside of Massachusetts or inside, sign up. And tell a hundred of your friends in Massachusetts today. They can go to pledge to vote for Shiva for Senate on shivaforsenate.com slash vote. These are the action steps all of you can take. We are not stopping. We're going to escalate this movement because we must escalate. In some ways, you know, I think God works in mysterious ways. You know, if uh, we had quote unquote won, we would never have come across this election fraud. They had no intention of letting us win. That's why this doofus never campaigned. We didn't see him anywhere. No lawn sign, no bumper sticker, no campaigning. They didn't have to campaign. They didn't have to campaign. The fix was in from day one and we're going to expose how they do their fix. And I'm going to expose it with such clarity, clarity to tomorrow at the technical level that you will be you should get so freaking angry. All of you should get so angry that all this flag waving stuff, America as a democracy, it's bullshit. We have no democracy when the voting systems can. It's not authenticated and they can manipulate that vote with this feature. Why the hell is this feature in there? You'll want to wonder why. And you'll come to the conclusion that you're a slave. I'm a slave. We're all slaves. And we have nothing to lose but our chains. And it's really the goddamn truth. Excuse my language. But we have nothing to lose but our chains. Because this is what they can do to any of us. So we're going to do a write-in campaign. They'll probably try to, but we're going to do it in an interesting way. When we write in the campaign, we're going to ask people to take a picture of it. And we're going to authenticate it. And we have some very interesting ways. We're going to expose the deep state at a very fundamental level. That's what we're going to do. I can take some questions if people have them, but I hope this was valuable. So tomorrow night at 9 PM, I will do a quick review of this. Then I'm going to actually go deep into the system. I'm going to share with you the actual manual where they have this feature. It's called a weighted race, a weighted race. They can take any of my votes and they can multiply it by a factor. Karen says, I'm so angry at many things in the country and in the world. You should be angry. You know, there's a great picture of Jesus Christ where he takes the whip and he whips the shit out of those guys out of the temple, right? And no preacher really wants to discuss that scene. But to me, it's one of the most important scenes in the Bible. And people say, oh, Jesus just got angry. Yeah, because he was going at the root of all evil, which was people using his father's house to basically manipulate and, and use that as a place for banking and, and thing. has nothing to do with spirituality. We are in the same evil. Our democ- We don't have a democracy. It's all just an illusion. And we have to fight for it. But maybe awareness is the beginning of starting to change our behavior. And all of you can't say you didn't know now, okay? I have a lot of friends who are on our campaign. They said, Shiva, you know, I was hiding my head in the sand i didn't want to be political well you know what you have no freaking choice now i'm gonna, i'm training you i'm putting my time in and as many of you know i don't need to do this many of us don't need to do this but i'm telling you we don't have a choice anymore do you want to be a slave you want to be forced vaccinated and do you want your votes to mean shit that's what this is about your votes mean nothing they can manipulate them in seconds we have to fight Taxachusetts is worse. Exactly. Uh, We don't uh, we're not going to debate a fool like Turtle Boy. He sucks cock. Literally. He gave he he raised money for him. And that's the way I'm going to treat him. That's the kind of language he deserves. He's a fool. He used me to try to get hits. I'm not doing any more nonsense. The people that I'm going to educate are you. Okay, that's who my constituency is, you. We don't know anything to these people. We need to build a bottoms up movement. Like I've said, we need to take this to the streets. We need we're going to do a write in campaign. And it's an opportunity for all of you now who didn't have a chance to. I've gotten so many emails saying, Dr. Shiva, I was so upset, you know, that I didn't volunteer for you. Well, now we got 60 days. I need all of you to get off your butts and start volunteering, helping this campaign. This is not my campaign. It's your campaign. I will expose, I will educate you, but it has to be a two-way relationship. You have to get off your butts and you have to support this campaign. I don't just mean monetarily, but I'm talking about as you can, everyone can help as a volunteer. Massachusetts is the center of the deep state. It truly is. There's no, (laughs) there's no way that when you look at this data, And you realize that the biggest election fraud in American history just took place. And what's really funny is all the grifters on the Internet. You know, I did a tweet. They don't want to cover this, right? They're out there, you know, Black Lives Matter over here and the burning down stuff. It's like they want to promote the chaos. How about we promote unity? How about we all get together, black and white working people? They're doing all their tweets burning here, burning there, defund police here, don't defund police there. That's a left right narrative. Let's talk about uniting people. And the way you unite is through knowledge, through getting educated. None of us want to be forced vaccinated. None of us want to have an election system which isn't real. And that's what we have today. This Saturday, we will be doing a massive rally on the Boston, on the Cambridge Common against forced vaccinations and against election fraud. We need to start ex- exposing to people that politically we have no rights anymore and your body, you're not gonna have any rights anymore either if you allow forced vaccination. The the body of the US system is under attack with this election fraud and your physical body is under attack. So everyone needs to get off their butts. I know you guys like everything we do, but it's time for action. We need everyone to get on the ground. We need 1.5 million votes to win a write-in campaign. I need a thousand volunteers on the ground here to help us get 1500 votes. That's what we need on the ground. And we have some amazing volunteers who are out there and we can do this and we must do this, but we got to do it bottoms up. Working people have to unite. And our doing this is gonna unite us in v- some very profound ways. But in closing, all I can emphasize to you is we must go beyond left and right. We must go beyond black and white. We must go beyond this Republican Democrat nonsense. They're both in it together, guys. They're both in it together against you And me, working people, they just did it. And within seconds, they manipulated an election and they can do this anytime, anywhere, by anybody, because the election systems were designed for fraud. They were designed with holes for fraud. And tomorrow you're going to learn exactly how I'm going to teach you a little bit of programming. You're going to learn what data types are. You're going to learn how what an API is. You're going to learn how fast they can do this. I'm going to teach you all of that. You're not going to get anywhere else but here. And that's why we have to win together. All right. Thank you, everyone. Be the light. Start waking up. Get angry. Get real angry because we're all slaves. And we're heading into more slavery. And if we don't do something about it, we're all truly, truly screwed in such a profound way that we don't even know. And the goal will be to eventually just eliminate us. That's what this is ultimately all about. So small set of people can have their beautiful havens with robots coming in right behind them and you, you uh, us and what it means to be a human being will be diminished very, very rapidly. So this is truly about freedom versus slavery. Thank you, everyone. Uh, be the light and really take time to think about what I'm sharing with you today. It's time that you started to rise up and fight. You don't have a choice. You have to fight. Thank you.